Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Was bad. Welcome to the Asylum, and now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Woo! Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network and AsylumFantasySports.com. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum, and uh, there's so much going on. Last week, we were waiting on Patrick Johnson to call in. Right. Supposed to be calling in this week. I'm not sure if he's going to make it or not. But no matter, there's so much to happen that it happened uh, injury-wise. Oh, what a mess last oh, week just, was. It, it's amazing. I mean, it, what it was. So we're going to have all kinds of things to talk about. And, uh, you know, maybe a special guest. So we'll just yeah. wait and see. We're lucky we got on the air with the technical difficulties. But uh, Yeah, hopefully by the time you hear this, I will have edited out the 10 minutes of scrambling and pushing buttons and cursing as right as we go on the air. We just went dead. So I think it is because we are here in the, the new Asylum Football attic of a barn studios, and it, it's butt-haunted. We're hearing voices. We're seeing stuff in the security camera. We're hearing just, doors slam, and then all of a sudden – Right as we go on the air, all the equipment dies. My computer keeps dying, but Rick insists it's all perfectly logical. There's a logical explanation for all of it. You've got a piece of junk that's been going blank ever <laughs> since we were in your your studio, my home studio. It's been going blank, but now all of a sudden the piece of junk's falling apart here. Oh, it's ghosts. Well, factor in everything else that's going on. The, the Car show. doors over at the ice cream place. Oh, here we go. I mean, that's perfectly logical. You heard voices. It's 80 degrees. People are getting ice cream. It's not a big <laughs> Big deal. It's okay. Not 80 degrees. And voices were people walking down the street. It's yeah. not a big deal. I, I, there's ghosts, and, and I, 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 I contend that all the way to the end. But no time for chicanery, Rick. Last week. We have all the time in the world, and you know why? We have the mic. That's true, and that's a very important thing to keep in mind. We have the microphone, so you will listen to every damn word we have to say. Or but you won't. Week that's okay. Ni- week nine on the way, week eight in the books, and all I can say about week eight, Rick, is this. What a disaster. Lot, what a disaster. A lot of injuries. I'll tell you what. There was there are some fantasy teams that they may have just ceased to exist. Yeah, you we know, jump out penthouse to the outhouse real quick. Exactly. I mean, if you happen to be a team that had Le'Veon Bell and Keenan Allen on your team, Probably felt pretty good going into last week, and uh, ain't working out for you now. Yes, yeah, so let, let's let's hop right into it here. As you all know, Le'Veon Bell out for the year with an MCL tear. Looked for all the world like an ACL. Then the uh, Pro Football Talk gave us some hope on Sunday night. Said it looked like it was just an MCL. Steelers hoped he might be able to come back. It'd be similar to Roethlisberger's injury. It is not. It's, they. Uh, I don't believe there's been a timetable for his surgery yet, but the surgery is coming. He is on season-ending IR. 
So a couple things to discuss with this one, Rick. Obviously, we saw what D'Angelo Williams did in those first two games when Le'Veon Bell was suspended. Do we expect that to go on, number one? And when you look at the Steelers' offense, let's really look at it. I mean, we talk about, when you talk about Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant, now you take Le'Veon Bell out of that mix, Marquise Pouncey, a Pro Bowl center, out of that mix, you take your left tackle and Kelvin Beachman out of that mix. This has got to start negatively affecting everyone. You know, I'm willing to throw last week away as a Roethlisberger knocking the dust off. I think he clearly wasn't healthy. They were getting a pass rush on them. So, I mean, we, we can go into how it's going to affect everyone else. But is D'Angelo Williams on this team going to be D'Angelo Williams than he was on that team in weeks one and two, which I contend was a much better team? Well, I, I tell you what, you, you go right back to it. They had Marquise Pouncey out when they played those games. That's true. Uh, Beecham obviously was not. But the big thing is, is you have been back now and hopefully shook some of the rust off in that debacle against Cincinnati and another week of full practice and that knee gets a little healthier. I think he'll be much more back to normal. Right. Now you have Martavis Bryant in the mix. You didn't have him in the first two games. True. I mean, you just look at the difference in that offense. Look, I, I know Ben was was rusty, looked bad, but things really started to shake out basically back to normal. Antonio Brown right. was getting targeted. Heath Miller. Ten grabs. Ten grabs. I mean – that's his security blanket. You may not see that every week, obviously, as Ben starts getting back into the rhythm and going deep. But I think the run game's still going to be there. And I think D'Angelo Williams still has plenty in the tank to carry them through the rest of the year. Yeah, I think bottom, quite frankly, as I think about this, D'Angelo Williams is a top 10 fantasy running back the rest of the way out. I do worry about this offensive line. I worry about the direction of this offense. You take arguably, well, inarguably, one of the three or four best centers off the team, which, which happened before the season started, right. to your point. You take your starting left tackle. He's not a pro bowler, but he's a solid guy. He's your left tackle. You take a Le'Veon Bell out of the You take all of that out of the mix. That gives you some concern for that offense of in general. That stuff starts to catch up with you. That said, as, as you look forward a little bit, Rick, just looking at D'Angelo Williams' fantasy opportunities, this is a team that's going to play the Cleveland Browns twice heading down the stretch. Right. This is a team that plays the Baltimore Ravens again. They play some bad run defenses, and there are some opportunities out there for this team to make a little hay. You look even this week, the Oakland Raiders, where, where inexplicably, and we'll get into this in the game balls and games and, and socks, where the Jets, with all the problems with, with – Fitzpatrick going out and Geno Smith got away from Chris Ivory completely, and we'll get into that. But you can run on this Raiders defense. There, there's defenses you can run on. Now there's some tougher matchups. You, you take on the, the Denvers of the world <laughs> at a certain point, and that one's going to sting a little bit. But I see no reason why, if healthy, from what we saw in two weeks with the threats that are Heath Miller and Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant deep, that opens up running lanes for a guy like D'Angelo Williams. You're not going to see it PPR-wise. You're not going to see it as much in the passing game, clearly, 
as you would see it out of Le'Veon Bell. But I don't think this running game misses a beat. And quite frankly, I think from here on out, you're looking at D'Angelo Williams as a top 10 guy, a clear number one fantasy back. If they choose to go in that direction, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, that, that could be a big if. You're you know, right. I mean, you know, there's no problem predicting that for Le'Veon Bell, and they use him so much in the pass game. Will they do that with, with um, D'Angelo? I'm not certain. But I think running-wise, and if they start to throw him the ball like they do Le'Veon Bell, I mean, you know, obviously he's, he's not going to be the, the biggest threat in the open as Le'Veon Bell right. was. However, I, I still think he, he's plenty talented enough to get the, you know, the yards after the right. catch and so forth. And if they choose to start working him more into the pass game, then, yeah, I'll agree with you. Well, and I think the important thing to remember, too, is we saw it with Bell, and we wondered after those first two games Williams had, Williams is going to be on the field every play, every down. So you, I guess you have to ask yourself if he can hold up, and I'm not going to sit here and try to predict injury. What are they going to do, Jordan Todman? Who was the, they signed some dummy, some, some old cast off. I can't remember who it is. But they brought somebody else in here. It'll come to me here shortly. But D'Angelo Williams is going to be on the field constantly, which is such a such a gem in the fantasy football world when you're talking running backs. It's it's absolutely huge. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And you know, D'Angelo Williams, all you guys that have held on to him, you know, congratulations. My hands up in the air. Rick. I mean, that's like I just uh, don't care. Yeah, really. Well, you <laughs> don't care, and you you shouldn't. All right, no Patrick. As you mentioned at the top, Rick Keenan Allen out for the year with a lacerated kidney. Boy, you don't read that one every day. All these knee injuries, everything else. Keenan Allen, he shut me up. He made a fool out of me. As I spent the whole offseason in the beginning of this season saying he's going to completely disappear at times and other times he's going to have 14 catches. He just went ahead and caught 12 to 15 balls each and every week. And what with the Chargers team, like, my God, if they had any defense, I don't know who beats them the way they can play offensively when they get it rolling. But a huge, huge issue. Keenan Allen, lacerated kidney? Come on, when does this start happening? Well, you know, you you hit hard like he did, and who who knows what happened. You know, did a rib break and, and do that? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you almost have to wonder. Because it really wasn't a, a hit from behind. I mean, he was up in the air, caught that pass, and landed hard on his back. But it happened. Fortunately for Phil Rivers, he's got Antonio Gates back. Right. They made the acquisition of Stevie Johnson. I think he takes season. a big bump here. He's going to make a big bump. And, of course, you got Malcolm Floyd, who started to emerge a little yeah. bit, too. So, I mean, I think – as far as Rivers owners go, I think you're fine. Right. I tell you what, I think Antonio Gates stock starts going up. Probably. Who has the chemistry with him? Yeah, you know, exactly. You know. I think Stevie Johnson might work his way up into a fairly safe flex play in deeper leagues. I don't know if that's damning him with faint praise. The question is Malcolm Floyd. There has not been a receiver more damnably frustrating in fantasy football in the last five years. This guy puts up these monster games like he did this past week, and then he can just disappear for months at a time. He's had the opportunity, quite frankly, Rick, as the number one guy. 
I don't know if Keenan Allen going out makes me feel any better about Floyd. Floyd's a guy you keep down at the bottom of your roster, play him in a desperate spot, and hope you hit on the right week, which happens quite frankly. I mean, he got me a win in the Scott Fish Bowl this past week. Yeah, he was the difference maker as I had some guys out on bye. I think like so you might this might make Stevie Johnson relevant. I agree with you. Rivers will be fine. Gates is going to do what he does if he doesn't do more. But Malcolm Floyd's a guy I saw a lot of a lot of heat for on Twitter. People wanting to bump him up automatically. I don't, I don't see it. I don't trust it. I don't. The guy's got all well, the talent in the world. He's big. He's fast. But he's just not always there. And we had the same knock on Keenan Allen, and you know I don't think he's in the same caliber with Keenan Allen, but. You know, Phil Rivers in San Diego, they remind me a lot of New Orleans just a few years ago yeah, when they won yeah. the Super Bowl. Marquise Colston. One one week he'll have the, the eight catches for a buck thirty and two touchdowns. Next week he has two. Yeah, he might as well not and even show up. And then it would be, up. you know, somebody else. But that being said, I'm thinking – that you know what you brought up a thing with the Scott Fishbowl 360. All and right. For all the listeners who don't know, Scott Fish, our uh, guy that calls Sunday in, he's on the Sunday co-host. morning inside slant, started a league with all the uh, with many 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 experts and listeners alike, fans alike. 360 participants, and it gets whittled down to one. Right. Anyway, it's a two quarterback league. Which brought up the little dilemma that I had. I, I drafted Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, mm-hmm. you know, which which is nice because I figured, okay, I'm going to start them. So then I got to thinking, well, I, I'll get a third guy for bye weeks All and right. or injury. So I got Derek Carr. Uh-oh. Now I'm sitting here thinking, wow, <laughs> what do you do now? Who am I benching? We had seven seven perform or seven touchdown performance by Brees last week. I had Carr on the bench thinking, okay, Ben's going to come back. Yeah. He was horrible. Man, Carr threw Carr for 330 and four touches. Carr up the Jets' defense. <laughs> the so, Jets' defense. That's yeah, important Jets. to point out, the Jets' defense. <laughs> exactly. So now I'm sitting here thinking, okay, do I bench Carr and for Ben or vice versa? I think you're playing matchups every week, quite frankly. They play each other. Well, yeah, that game doesn't help you, and uh, Breeze is playing. I don't care about Breeze. I think they're on track. Yeah, I think he's back. He's healthy. Look, he's not going to – and we'll get into this in the balls and socks, too. I could have just used that game for for the game ball section, gave both defenses the socks. We could have done a 10-minute show, and we could all go home and and call it a night. Well, I'll tell you what. I throw that game out, quite frankly. Balls and socks. We'll make that real simple. Saints and Giants offenses get balls. Yeah. The defenses get socks. Game over. Yeah, but and I think for the most part, because you, you see so much discussion on Twitter, we're just all over the place tonight, and that's quite all right. That's what we do. I think it means good things for Drew Brees. I think it means he's healthy. He's looking good. He's been on the upward trend the last several weeks after looking real bad at the beginning of the year. Eli's Eli. He could come out next week, look constipated, look confused, look lost, or he could do that again. I'll tell you what, though. But Marquise Colston, you brought his name up. Brandon Cooks. I don't feel any better about those guys than I did two weeks ago. We know who Odell Beckham is. The only takeaway I have from this is Benjamin Watson did it again. Right. Everything else I just throw out. You know, Harris, two touchdowns. Come on. No. Don't ask me any Dwayne Harris questions. The answer is no. Right. No, 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 no. Right. Th- that game's just one of those weird anomalies, got away from everybody. 
So, but maybe we'll talk about Benjamin Watson when we get to the balls and socks. You know, there's been a lot of talk this year about Andy Dalton. You know, the performance he's had, and uh, and and rightly so. 1,992 yards, 15 touchdowns, four picks. You know, he's got another couple of rushing touchdowns. You know, and and I mean that he's well, he should be talked about. Okay, but here's some stats here: 2,126 yards, 17 touchdowns, four picks. Number four in fantasy scoring. That's not bad. Who are we talking about, Eli? Eli. Yeah. Nobody's talking about Eli. No. I mean, you know, he has – okay. He's he, not sexy. He's not fun to talk about. Right. He's that, Peyton's that's little thing. brother. That's who he is. Yeah, and let's, let's let's look at big brother Peyton. He just came off a very impressive 300-and-some-yard performance. What do you make of that? Well, he, had, he still had no touchdowns. Well, he could have. Where is Peyton? There's Peyton Manning on the second page of uh, fantasy scoring. 1,864 <laughs> yards, seven touchdowns, 11 picks. Yeah, that, that's not good. You know, I, I That's think, my brilliant analysis. That's not good. Well, I think um, you'll probably see a little more of what we saw in the last game for a while. I think gotten, that bye came at the right time. It did. And the weather was real good, And it too. hasn't gotten cold yet. That was right. my next point. The weather point. was real exactly. good. So, yeah, I mean – I'm not ready to shove all in. In fact, I might continue to avoid him, although I think he has a big week this week going home to Indy. I, I think if you want one last dance with Peyton Manning, it might be this week. It, it could be, but, you know, you have to start. You're, you're talking about matchups and so forth. Here, Say you have a team. Okay, we're, we're going to throw out Brady and Rivers and Palmer and all these guys. Yeah, okay. okay. Peyton Manning or Blake Bortles? This week? Coming off a bye. This week? Yeah. Peyton Manning. Okay. Derek Carr. Oh, I got to go Carr there against that Steelers defense. We're going to talk about that game before we get out of here, too. Something people need to know. Cam Newton. Oh, you got to ride Cam, I think. Kid's rolling. Going up against that Packers defense, that Peyton just carved up. He's 1,523 yards, 11 touchdowns, 8 picks. Yeah, with a look at his rushing numbers, I know he's got four rushing touchdowns. I agree, but he's – He's going to run for 60 yards and a touchdown on top of it. Even in fantasy scoring, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Who do we appreciate? He's 11th. All right, well, that's a a number one. one. Where's Peyton Manning? Oh, he's QB4, I think, right now. QB4? I'm kidding. It's called – Sarcasm. Oh, I thought you meant the fourth overall QB. Smack your microphone out oh, of your hand. Lord. No, Eli's fourth in scoring. That's right. It was Eli we were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, why are you so exasperated that I said Cam Newton? I'm not. I said Cam Newton. You said he's rolling. He's just rolling. He's, he's really not rolling. He's 7-0. and oh. The team he is. is the only offensive weapon they have outside of Greg Olson. Denver's undefeated. Well, yeah. Well. But Peyton stinks. You can't God. shake your head. This you is make, an audio medium. You right? make no sense. What do you mean I make no sense? You make no sense. Cam's rolling. They're 7-0. and Well, Denver's undefeated. Oh, he stinks, though. He does. He got no that sense. defense. Give Cam Newton to Marius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Why? Tell me how it turns out. He has out. Ted, Ted, Ted Ginn, Ginn and, and Devin Funches and Jericho Con- <laughs> All right, fair enough. I guess you win this one. All right, let's roll through these headlines, and I want to get to the balls and sucks. Matt Forte out at least this week with a knee injury. Uh, Coach Fox saying it's just a sprain. It's not expected to require surgery or be season-ending. However, they are very mum on the subject. 
which seems odd to me. Why we haven't heard anything yet. A lot of people out there saying he was gone, he was done for the year, it was an MCL. Team saying might That's... be just a sprain, but all we can agree on is it's a knee and he's not going to play this week. Ugh, How I don't many know. people, we're, we're from around here. How many people in the Pittsburgh area said Ben was done when they saw that Oh, hit. I did. Well, that's the thing. That's what they see, you know. And, right. and Well, either way, I don't think this is going to be a short-term Oh, deal. I don't Fox either. Fox is sort of playing this off like it's no bubbles, no troubles. Well, of course, he's going to play it coy. He's John Fox. He's been around well, the league true. a couple yeah. of years. He doesn't let one guy get to him. So, Langford, where do you, how do you feel on that? People spent some big-time free agent dollars on that cat this week. Interesting. You know, there's a lot ain't of Matt Forte. A lot of big dollars were spent on West and Nile Davis when Jamal Charles went out. Right. Is it going to be the Langford show? Might be. Maybe dollars well spent, but may not be. You know, this isn't Matt Forte too. He's the right. backup running back. Right. Hey, he could step in. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't have done this, but. You know, the the first week just to automatically think, well, you know, Langford's coming in. He's going to be big-time fantasy points. He might be, might not. Right. I mean, D'Angelo greater than Langford Yeah. this week and going forward. I think. My concern there is, and you're big on the stats, Rick. you got all your stats up. Where, where's Matt Forte ranking rushing at this point? Because my feeling is he's not putting up the big numbers in the run game. I think bigger than in the past. Where Langford can't replace them is even if he is in the same role as Matt Forte. Now you're talking about fantasy scoring or, or just in the NFL? Doesn't matter. Give me what well, you got. Well, no, it does matter. All right, give me in the NFL. All right. I don't have that up here right oh, this second. what a jerk. But anyhow, here's my well, point. Well, no, the point is, you know. To but I think you talking and separating out fantasy and reality is making my point. Okay. In the fact that Matt Forte's putting up big fantasy numbers, as predicted by Rick Flieger here when everybody else called him an a-hole and called me an a-hole and said he was done. Well, they call you an a-hole anyway, Rick. Well, I understand that, okay. but this is one reason they cited, so I can at least get this one off the list okay. and just get to the root of the matter that I am an a-hole and that's why they're calling me that. But point being, Matt Forte isn't one of these 20-yard-to-carry Adrian Peterson type of backs. 20 carries per game, not 20 yards per carry. That'd be fantastic. Matt Forte is eighth in the league in rushing. Okay. Eighth. All right. He's fourth in fantasy scoring and PPR. So let's say Langford, let's give him 12th. Let's, let's say he reverts half. So he's the 12th best in, in rushing yards, which is fine. You know, you're still talking an RB1 there. Where you can't replace Matt Forte, he is the best pass-catching running back in the NFL. Right. Hands down, bar none. Point being that even if Langford fills that role, the exact same role as Matt Forte, and they use him the exact same way, the results are going to be nowhere near what they were with Matt Forte because Matt Forte is the best right now and perhaps the best ever at what he does, and that's being a pass-catching running back. This is a guy who caught 100 balls last year. Right. Okay, I'm going to put, put forth a question to you. All right. What would the odds, what do you estimate the odds would have been in mid-August if I said, Rick, in PPR formats, halfway through the season, All right. 
your top three scoring running backs would <laughs> be, be fun. Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, Danny Woodhead. I'd have called you a damn fool. An old fool. Right. That's the only word I can come up with is fool. Yeah. Danny Woodhead is number three. Danny, well, 40 catches, 444 You figure Freeman's yards. done this in what, five games, six games? I don't know. He didn't bust out till week three or four, True. right? True. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's he's had, at number one. He, he had such big weeks. Well, though. the thing is, he's had seven. He's reverted to the mean. That Atlanta offense has reverted to the mean. They have been uninspiring, to say the least, the last several weeks. Well, they lost to Tampa Bay. I mean, that, well, that doesn't help either. We scored 10 against Tennessee. Tennessee but, can play a little defense. Though. But Devontae Freeman, you know, against that Tennessee defense, 116 yards. You know, last year was his worst since week two. Well, and I take that back. He only had 68 yards against Houston, but he had three touchdowns. But he had 88 yards and 43 yards receiving. This guy is just a beast, though. I mean, the offense is running How in the name of God is Mark Ingram second? I have no sense that Mark Ingram's had a big year. Is it just that consistent, just that steady? He's had 530 yards rushing. With five touchdowns. All right. Well, he doesn't do anything in the passing game, does he? No, he's only had 33 catches and 274 yards. So, in PPR formats, you're adding another, what, 57 wow. or 60 points I had on. no sense of that. No sense. I don't yeah. feel like – I feel like this is the first time Mark Ingram's name has come up on this show since we were giving him stinky socks every week last year. Well, you think about that. That he's, stuns he, me. He's only seven catches behind Freeman and Woodhead. Wow. They both have 40. I had no sense of that whatsoever, none. That, that's a that's a fun little stat there, Rick. Well, it is the that's the New Orleans offense. It seems right. like it's Drew Brees. You know, he just gets forgotten. It used to be, it used to be Brees and Graham. Right you know, now, it's just Drew Brees. Of course, when he's throwing seven touchdowns, it helps you know focus on his and name. So Ingram just goes away, gets forgotten. Wow. I might have keep, there you that, have it. keep that in mind in a few leagues here. Uh, Steve Smith out for the season with an Achilles. That was ugly looking. Hated to see that. Uh, there, there's another guy. I haven't hit a lot of Steve Smith around a lot of leagues where you just plugged him in that flex and waited for your 10 catches and hoped he got in the end zone. He's going to be a big loss. Your boy Kyrie Robinson, you make a trade. Of course, he breaks it, fractures his tibula immediately. He is out. It's a tibia or a fibula. Oh, well, I wrote tibula, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, well, Reggie you, Bush out for the season with an ACL. An I could idiot. probably knock you over with a feather with that news, although it's a shame how that one went down. How can these idiots in St. Louis still have that cement ring around the stadium? That's the second guy in two weeks who's had a season-ending injury because of that stupid cement. What are they doing in St. Louis? I guess it won't matter when they're in L.A. next year. You think they'll be in L.A.? I think I, I think two teams are going to L.A. I, that's I ridiculous. honestly believe that. That's ridiculous. And I think – here's my prediction, Rick. I think St. Louis – Now, it wouldn't be cool to San Diego go to the LA. Los Angeles Rams again. Yeah. I, that would be okay. But nobody in L.A. cares. Huh? This no. is what I can't, I can't grasp. They but don't there's care There's a lot of money there. out there. Yeah, but they don't care. I know. They just don't. But in, anyhow, I think San Diego and St. Louis go to L.A., I think Jacksonville goes to London. That's inevitable. They added more games at that godforsaken place next year. That, Some other stadium or that's something. That's horrible. And it's the, like six or seven of them. San Diego games. Chargers. I mean, that's an original AFL team. Right. I don't want Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, that, that's ludicrous. Oh, we have a call on the line here, Rick. I'm not sure. Well, uh, maybe Patrick. Well, let's find out. 
If it'll let me answer here, one second. Oh, you got it. Oh, here we go. All right, I think we have our good friend of the asylum. Haven't talked to him for about a year, and uh, it's a former wide receiver and Super Bowl champion, played for the Ravens, Patrick Johnson. How are you? Do you have him on, Rick? It says he's up. Can you hear us? Well, we'll give it a shot here. Let me uh, put him on hold, and we'll try again. All right. Let's try that. Okay, we'll try that. Patrick, you there? Are you there, Patrick? Well, this is nonsense. Huh. I don't know what to say there. Can you hear us now? Okay, I put him on hold. I'll try it. Can you hear us, Patrick? Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> and you know what's happening. He can hear us, and we just can't hear him, and he's screaming into the other end of the phone yeah, line. Yeah, wonder yes, why he's you, wasting his time with us dummies is yes, for whatever you, reason. You, the I don't know. It says he's on the air. I don't understand this. Yep, not on hold. I'm going to place him back on hold one more time. Try that. Nope, this not. Oh, that's a shame there. What is this? Okay, he's on. You can hear us. What's that? I just asked if he could hear us even on hold. I was just thinking maybe there's something screwed up with okay. the screen here. Well, certainly not coming through the software. So I'm going to keep him off hold, and uh, hopefully if he does. Uh, can you hear us, Patrick? All right, well, I'm going to keep his phone line open. Maybe uh, I'll let you play around with that a little bit, Rick. Uh, yeah. Move. I don't know. Maybe, uh, gee, can you try to call in one more time? or Because we can't call him through here. No. Unfortunately. If you can hear us, Patrick, maybe you can hang up and try to call in. Somewhere along the line, it's not letting you in. I don't even know if you can hear us. We'll give it one more shot here as it spins and it spins and it spins and it spins. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. All right. There we go. Patrick, we got you now. Oh, negatory. He there. dropped 705. Well, don't say it over the air. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. No, no. <laughs> that was actually. All right. Good. Okay. Well, we're going to try something here, Rick. Hand me that phone number. Okay. Right here it is, sir. Keep talking. We are on the air. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, he's he's going to try to get Patrick Johnson in here. I'll tell you what, another thing that we probably ought to cover is Colin Kaepernick getting benched. And I like to get uh, you know Patrick's take on that. You know, a lot of people speculating, is this the right move? And, and, you know, quite frankly, I think it's a... I think it's a great move because he's just not getting it done. And sometimes when a quarterback, especially a younger guy like that, they get into such turmoil, the league's horrible or the team's horrible, and he doesn't really know what he's doing. So we're going to wait on Patrick to see if he calls. We're doing the good old-fashioned Skype call here, Rick. We're going to see if he answers. Patrick, we got you. Patrick, we got you. Oh, hey, guys. How are you? Hey, sorry hey, about 
don't know what's going on with the call software today. Everything, uh, everything uh, goes kaput every time you try to do this. How's it going out there tonight? Hey, well, you got anonymous out there. You know, they they hacking everything. <laughs> First Trump, <laughs> then us. I, I think that makes sense. That's yeah. a good uh, direct it's line. Hacked, it's hacked. <laughs> <laughs> I blame everything on getting hacked, man. I ran out of gas. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, your car got hacked. Because I've been hacked. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymous drained the gas from your car. I like it. <laughs> what? Well, How have you guys been? Oh, we have been fine. I tell you what, I we just appreciate that uh, you called in, and uh, you know, it's been about a year since we talked, and uh, you know, we always like to get your insight on, and it's actually better now, I guess, that we're midway through the season then when we're all sitting here trying to project things i mean there's a lot of stuff has gone down and right when we were trying to get you on we were covering uh you know benching of colin kaepernick yeah a lot of people saying oh you know is this the right move you know uh, i think it's a good move I, I just think that he's in a situation right now where i don't think he's going to work out of it until he gets a little bit of breathing room and he can get his head back on. I think he's just sinking. You've been there. You've seen this kind of stuff happen. What do you think? Well, you know, I I think that um, I think that I I think that you know Kaepernick is at this point in time is the product of um, uh, a lot of. A lot of uh, a lot of change in the organization. I mean, you just look at it. Two years removed, okay, from winning a Super Bowl, and and I, I gotta I want to make sure I'm right, but I mean, hell, they almost went twice and lost in the Super Bowl once, and and, and all of a sudden, Colin Kaepernick can't play football, and and I find that to be amazing. But, you know, at the same time, you know, people are looking at Kaepernick. And you guys know the quarterback gets all of the glory and he also gets all of the blame. So right now, Colin Kaepernick was getting all of the glory when they were had a much, much, much better organization as far as the 53 men they had on the roster. And, 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 and now that you've seen a number of different coordinators come through. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, they, they, they called Kaepernick the, the, the new, the new quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you guys remember that guys that, that have the arm guys that can run, you know, he's the new age NFL quarterback, but you know, now he's in a situation where, I mean, the consensus amazingly is that he, he, now he's not the new age quarterback, but really, I think that it's 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 easy to put a quarter a young quarterback. There's so much turnover in the NFL, and you can also say, okay, well, we just look for the next guy. But if you look at the San Francisco organization, top to bottom, I mean, they've had a lot of change there, a lot of different head coaches. I mean, look how they just uh, everybody that with all of this change, every change that the 49ers organization has made has always been unceremonious. I mean, look how they got rid of Harbaugh. I mean, you just start with him. Look at how they got rid of Singletary. I mean, go all the way back to that. Look at how they just got rid of Vernon Davis. Exactly. Look at that. I mean, you start 
start looking at all these key players. Crabtree. I mean, you keep going. Hell, a Michael James. I yeah. mean, I mean, not, these aren't only <clears throat> these were only um, good players, but I mean, they were they were they were very good players at, at some point in time during their tenure with the 49ers. They had the 49ers had a lot of winning going on not too long ago, and now look at them. So Colin Kaepernick is just a product of, of, of I think, a dysfunctional organization, top to bottom. I think there's a, a lack of uh, a lack of leadership. There, there isn't there isn't a consensus among the ownership and the general manager. There's issues there. The, uh, Jim Tom Sula, the head coach of the team. I mean, I don't even know how he was able to, to stay around as long as he he could through three head coaches, probably by snitching. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tell it, you know, selling, selling out his head coach. I mean, how does it, how, how does that guy stay around when everybody else is leaving? I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I mean, you guys tell me. So, 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 and then you still see more of the same thing happening. So there's something going on within the front office there that until that gets fixed, then you're going to continue seeing the same thing, and then. You know, you you'll see the the Forty ers returning back to the back to their form like around the the late nineties. You know, I mean, I mean, or early two thousands. I mean, those guys were average. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think until they can repair that, whatever's going on in the front office is the reason why the Forty ers aren't playing aren't playing well. It's not, and there's no there's no there's a lack of. Okay, let let me give you an example. We run the high formation, right? Okay. okay, you know, these are the kind of players that we want for this, right? Hey, We're hey. going to have a defense that blitzes heavy. Okay, these are the kind of players we need to go get. But so so there is a lack of understanding somewhere because you got guys that don't fit the scheme that they're playing in now. You got competing ideologies with types of, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just a mess up top, and that's why you start to see all the turnovers. And unfortunately, somebody else is gonna gonna have a great quarterback in Kaepernick, and they got Blaine Gabbert now start. Yeah, I think that's the biggest issue. It's not like you have somebody with the potential to turn your season or your organization around behind him in a Blaine Gabbert. This guy has failed in every limited opportunity he's had. You, you you wonder at some point you see all these coaches around the league already getting fired, and, and yet we're gonna lay this on the quarterback. And nothing on Tom Sula. It's an interesting point that that he has something going on in the front end. Speaking of dysfunction in uh, in the in the front end of a team, could that be the explanation? All that strife between the GM and Chuck Pagano with Andrew Luck and that mess that the Colts have been. Andrew Luck went from being the next great quarterback to being a complete and utter disaster so far in 2015. Well, I think I mean if you guys really look at the standings now. If you look at the NFL, <laughs> do me this favor this Sunday. Make sure you make it a point to watch players carry the football in the National Football League. They don't even coach players on when to run with the football in the left arm and when to run with the football in the right arm. It's it, Watch how many more times you see turnovers in football. I think what you're seeing is – you know, you look at the economics of the NFL, and the way that it's structured now is, is the average lifespan of a player is less than four years. 
it's a business move in order to keep players from becoming vested because that's long-term money that these teams have to pay. That's why you have teams keep have 50% of their team be undrafted free agents. Y'all know what that meant. You know, if, 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 if they used to not even keep guys like that. Those guys were playing in the arena league, you know. Right. So you, if you got half of your team with guys that really typically shouldn't even be on the roster, you're going to have a lot of parity because you're going to have all these guys beating each other because you're going to have a mistake fest all game. Look at all the penalties you see now. I mean, like, it's just there's a lot of bad football being played. There's a lot of bad football. I mean, you have a couple teams with great records, and you got how, – how many how many sub-500 teams did we have in the league this year? Like nothing I mean, we I've got ever a lot seen. Right An entire divisions at, at that. And you wonder, has the NFL gone too far – and, and it, this probably isn't a question to ask an offensive player like you were, but have they gone so far in making the quarterback position and the passing game key that where they sort of gained the system for so many years to get complete parity in the league to getting to the point where you have to have this elite quarterback and this elite offensive scheme and maybe the elite wide receiver, and you take defense and you take the running game out of it where you've actually eliminated that parity cut it down to the six or seven teams with real elite quarterbacks and elite talent around it to where your parity is completely gone and you have this mess that the league is now. Somebody sub-500 is going to win the NFC East, one of the proudest divisions in the history of football, and that AFC South. It's going to be sub-500 teams win both of those divisions. No, I don't know exactly. But I think what, what, what the, where the emphasis needs to be for the NFL is through the draft. I mean, we, we can't we – can't, we're, 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 we kind of have it both ways right now to where, you know, if you have half of your team stacked with guys that didn't even get drafted, what's the value in the draft? You can't have it both ways. Why am I watching the draft? You know what I mean? Half of your team is with free agent players and, and you don't have any veterans. Think about it. What's the value of the draft? I mean, uh, the that, that Ravens team that where we won the Super Bowl, I mean, if if you look at just the defense alone, how many first round picks you had on that defense, or even second round picks? Oh, exactly. I mean, you might. You, I mean, you got guys that are. I mean, you just don't have teams that are stacked with high round draft picks. Think about it. You just don't see it. But what needs to happen is, is the draft has got to count for something. You know, uh, where all where are all of your elite players? Think about it. Where are they? they I mean, well, I mean, we got a handful of elite players, but where are the young elite players? You don't really have very many of them. Yeah, I mean, I, they're already they're already out of the league. Yeah, that's a great point. And and you know the the highly drafted guys, you know the skill players especially. You have one here, one there. I mean, I understand what you're saying. You have say, a Julio Jones on Atlanta, but it's not stacked with um, maybe a second-year guy or, say, a fifth-year guy who was a a first-round pick, and you don't have a guy that has six years under his belt. You know, kind of like the the Steelers back in the 70s or whatever when they drafted and built that team, they were all highly drafted guys. It, but they just right. don't—they don't stay with the teams any longer. You know, they go for a, 
a contract or they're out of the league and, and they just get scattered. The ones that make it are scattered in the in like you said, the average career is what, four years and, and they're gone. It's, they less, get, it's less than four. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean that's an excellent point. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's quite obvious that you have a lot of bad football being played. You know, people at, at this point in time. And, you know, I live in Dallas, and, 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 and right now, I mean, I would say Dallas is probably one of the better teams in the NFL, talent-wise. But I mean, you look at some of these other places; they're not going to go watch the names on these jerseys. They're just going to go watch the jersey and the helmet. Right. It doesn't really matter who's out there, with the exception of maybe five guys that the team really market and sell tickets behind. You brought it. You brought up. Uh, you brought up Dallas. I mean, why you brought that up? With all the ridicule over the years, how important is Tony Romo to that? To that? To all the naysayers out there um, that, that were ready to ride him out because of his playoff record. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you look at, you know, Dallas Cowboys, um, I mean, and, and, and trust me, you know, outside of my Ravens, um, I, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, they've, they've, earned, they've earned my respect. I mean, obviously, being a part of the community here and living here um, over a long period of time, you kind of grow to, you know, kind of grow to like and kind of respect Jerry Jones and what he what he has built you know as far as an organization from top to bottom now has has have they won a bunch of Super Bowls no but they've they've as an organization have really been one of the cornerstone or uh, cornerstone franchises in the NFL right so saying all of that Tony Romo I mean I mean I mean he, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and 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 and, I, and I, I, most people don't really realize what kind of pressure cooker this that the, the Dallas market is, or being the the core starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it's 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 marketably different than playing quarterback for most teams in the National Football League. I mean, New York Giants, yes. Uh, wherever Peyton Manning plays, yes. Uh, wherever Tom Brady plays, yes. But outside of those elite quarterbacks, I mean, it, it, it can be tough to have longevity as a starting quarterback for the Cowboys. You know, and, that, and this guy has consistently really done it as best as he could, as long as he could. And he's put up tremendous numbers. He's put up trem- tremendous numbers, but he hadn't always had the supporting cast uh, around him. Um, just look at last year. I mean, if, 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 if Des Bryant don't get robbed in Green Bay, there's no way New England beat them in the Super Bowl. There's no way. Dallas get a trophy. They got a trophy last season if Des Bryant gets that catch. Because remember, who would they go play next? Seattle. They had just beat the brakes off Seattle at home. That was Seattle's first loss at home last season, right? Then Green Bay went in there and beat them. So right. if Dallas, if Dallas got to play Seattle again, Dallas beats them. And they go to the Super Bowl. And I don't think New England, with, with the offensive line and DeMarco Murray running the football like he was um, late, in the, late in the year, New England, I don't think, could have, could have, could have dealt with that running game. So there's a, there's a potential trophy right there already. And if, and if they got that trophy right now, it's a totally different conversation about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it really is. And, that, and that's, that's how close those guys are. I mean, and like you said, they <laughs> – 
losing five games straight, these guys still got a chance to win a division. I think they're, they may be the favorites, assuming you've got Dez back healthy, you get Tony Romo back healthy. They're not going to be more than two games out once those guys come back with five or six weeks left in the season. They're probably the favorite. You bring up that, that Dez play in Green Bay. As someone who played the position and played it at a high level, how frustrating is this to watch from, from your perspective? When are we going to simplify where the league decides what in the world a catch is, what in the world a football move is? I don't think they know, and I don't know if it's the advent of we have to replay everything down to the to the tenth of a second. It, it's absolutely absurd. There's plays that are just clearly catches week in and week out that, that we're overturning, and I don't think they know what the rule is anymore. Well, what I think needs to be decided is that, you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I know you guys are in radio. I don't know how athletic – athletically prone you guys are or anything. So don't let me offend anybody by saying this. <laughs> in that in that no I'm serious guys, but so what I'm saying is is that if you have a bunch of guys that are legislating what is a football move who's never done it before, then this is what you get. You right. know what I mean? Oh exactly. If you got a person if you if you have a person who plays offensive line and defensive line and you can't let guys like that legislate what a hold is and what a hold ain't. We're wasting our time. If you got a bunch of guys that haven't done it making the rules, then this is what we're going to continue to get. You know, if you got a wide receiver, I mean, and obviously it has to be consensus when you're establishing what rules are, but you should people that have done it before should be the ones legislating what is and what is not an infraction. That's why we have the problem. So I hope I didn't offend anyone. You guys, I mean, I, you, <laughs> no, know, I mean you know, it, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, I agree 100%. I think there should be uh, former players should be involved in this kind of stuff. And, well, actually, hey, maybe. Hey, let, me maybe tell you let me tell you something crazy. You know the reason why they're not? No. Because you have a bunch of guys that are, that are, that are, in in charge that have never even put on a jock strap. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a it's an ego situation. Let me give you an example. This is why you don't see very many former players get opportunities to coach in the National Football League. If you got a guy who got into the business by working in the mailroom and then he gets elevated up and he is in a position of you know, power, or I don't want to say use the word power, but if he's in a position of influence, when you got a person that's been there and done that, the people that are following you, who are they going to gravitate towards more? The guy that's done it. Right. So, 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 so a lot of, a lot of times that, 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 that can be a conflict of interest for that, that, that coach. So if you've got a coach that has never played, it's going to be hard for him to have guys on the staff that have because they're going to they're gonna attract they're, – they're going to listen to that – players are going to listen to that guy more. It's like Dan Campbell in Miami. Why do you think that thing is gelling the way that it is? Because he's, he's been there before. But So that's why you don't see a lot of former players in those positions because – a lot of guys that are in those positions, just go look at the roster. 
go go look at uh, the media guide for every one of these teams, and you look at how many former players. Because those guys, it's it's a it's a conflict to have those guys there. Unfortunately, that's the truth. Yeah, and you can actually see the um, a nice little example of it really in Denver, where you have Elway came, comes in as the whatever he is, president or general manager or whatever, and. I mean, here's a guy that that's done it at the at the highest level, and you know, I I think everything is decisions are made based on football sense, at least weighing in heavily as well as just pure economics. Well, I mean, how, how many teams have a guy in that kind of power that that's a former player? Him, Ozzie Newsom. Can you tell me another one? I cannot. I mean, that, but that's it. I mean, that's all. I mean, <laughs> that's it. So, I don't know, man. But I, I, I think that the, I think that the NFL, man. I mean, what thing that they've done. I mean, it's, a, it's. A, I mean, and I've been out of the, I've been out of the sport for, ah, golly, it's almost close to ten years. But it seems like it's almost kind of. Night and day, how different it is. I mean, it's, it's night and day how different it is. So, Even so a collective bargaining agreement, I mean, it's different. When you look at you brought up Dan Campbell and the instant bump Miami got from that. We see all these midseason coaching moves. Obviously, you talked about why why it's worked with Campbell. They looked fantastic for two weeks, had, had the hiccup against New England, but I think most everybody's going to have that from here on out. How long can – I guess two, a two-part question, and I think I know the first answer, but I'll ask it. Is coaching that important that it can affect the results and the play to that point, number one? And number two, would, if you get that initial bump off it, can you ride that out for an entire season? Does it just, did it just absolutely change the face of that organization instantly, that quick? Yeah. I mean, a good coach I mean, can be – and I'm not saying a good coach – has to be a former football player. I'm not saying that. I mean, I mean, I, I was fortunately leader. I had a great coaches for every team I played on. I mean, Brian Billick. I mean, he might have played. He played football in high school. Hell, we went to the same high school. He played football in high school and some in college. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he, he, he is a great coach. I mean, he's a great. I mean, Tom Coughlin. I don't know if he, shoot, did they even have helmets when he was when he was coming up? <laughs> he was definitely a leather <laughs> helmet guy. I, I, I'm just joking. Uh, Tom's, Tom's, Tom's great. I wish, you know what I wish is that, you know, I was so young when he was coaching me. I just wished that I just, uh, you know, I was a little bit hard-headed, but, you know, I just wish that I, I listened more to what he was saying. You mean a young man is actually <laughs> hard-headed? I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, man, it was just, you know, great, great guy. Though. I remember about Coffin, man, he used to, he'd stay, stay at work and stay all night and sleep on his couch in his office, man, and, I respect I respect him a lot for that. You know what I mean? Because you know these coaches are really like teachers, man, and 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 you know, and they're dealing with young people. So I mean, you got to respect a man who's, who who takes his time like that to, to help to help other help young people. Because it, you know, hell, I was 20 years old when I went into the NFL. So I mean, are the, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, is that a is that a dying breed? Do you think um, coaches like a Coughlin? Um, and I don't know a lot of these guys personally or whatever, but, you know, that actually care 
about the young guys and actually, you know, are, are really motivated to improve them as people as well as players. I mean, do you think that that's kind of lost in the helter skelter world that is coaching? Uh, you know, I mean, the coaching changes get made a lot quicker than than they used to be as well. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that uh, any 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 man who takes his time. And I don't. I, I think the intent is, is still there. I think that unfortunately, coaches are caught up in the same cycle, or I wouldn't even say cycle. They're caught up in the same, the same business construct as the players now, because their salaries are going up too, real high. You know, so there's turnover in coaches because they don't want to have to sit there and pay them all that money. They they get turnover. Turnover in coaches means you get a reset with your fans. So like if you get if you if you have a coach that he's there for three years, y'all didn't do anything. Well, bam, we got a new guy now. Come buy your tickets for the season. <laughs> rah rah rah! Right. That's all. That's that's that seems is. to be all that matters anymore. So so when you look at you wonder how much that affects the development of young players. You look at the Tennessee situation. Yeah, it seems like Wisenhunt, he won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. He took the Arizona Cardinals of all teams to a Super Bowl and had them with a lead in the final minute of that game. He hits a rough stretch uh, trying to develop a rookie quarterback, and he's gone, he's gone before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. <laughs> but, hey, man, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, the, the way that it's the way that the league's going now. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting. But the good thing is, is that you're going to start to see a shift back to conventional, uh, conventional offense. You know, you know, I think you're going to start to see people start to go back to the running game. You know, for a minute there, like you said, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of set the league up to be a total passing league and now all you see is just people getting scored on all game you know that's that's not fun to watch either no it's 55 not 55 to 45 i don't want to watch that no that game last week was it was a cartoon if you ask me the new orleans giants game we we're referring to 52 49 oh yeah let me tell you something eli manning he's either gonna throw six touchdowns or six picks he's gonna do what <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna throw it anyhow so oh, yeah, that guy. Okay, before we let you go out of here, we're running out of time. What is, in your mind, or who are I would say, uh, let, let's just do it this way: the best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC. I say the best team in the AFC right now. I'm gonna say Denver. I think I think New England. Is is, is 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 obviously we know we know everybody knows New England, but I, I think talent wise, Denver got the most talented team. Can can Peyton, think when you when you can Peyton take him there? Do you think? I think he can take him there. You know, I think, but you know, as long as they're running game. Remember, late in the year last year, like they couldn't run the ball very well. You got Ronnie Hillman. He he seemed like he would drink a whole 
whole bottle of Robitussin before he went out there and played because all he did was cough the ball up. I, mean, I can't wait to fumble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put me in, Coach, so I, I can't wait to fumble. I can't wait to give the game away this weekend, Coach. Put me in first. You know, I'm, I'm joking, but they couldn't really run the ball like They couldn't run the ball very well last year, and that was the problem. Any t- The team that can run the ball the best in the playoffs are going to win. Or, see, with the New England, they can play that small ball. They'll small ball you to death. You know, they'll just throw those little quick passes to those little, little receivers, uh, they, uh, uh, Edelman and uh, Amendola, and uh, a, a little three-yard swing pass is almost like a run because if he can get two more yards, that's a – that's five yards. That's a running play. Yep. But I think I think New England, uh, Denver is the best team in the AFC. NFC right now, <sighs> man. After Green Bay just got worked like that, I don't. Eh, I guess I'm gonna have to say I can't give it to the Falcons. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay, let's say. I would say Green Bay still. Yeah, I mean, there's it, it's so tough in the NFC. You got Green Bay, you got Carolina, and, and Atlanta. Well, Carolina, I, but I just I, I think that I look I, I liken Carolina to an option team, a really good option football team. I mean, Nebraska. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That was the, the Nebraska with Tommy Frazier. Yeah, right. Okay, here's here's a question here. We just we just went through this, and uh, Rick and I have talked about this a little bit. With the defense they have, Arizona getting dissed a little bit, not really in the conversation. Um, Arizona, I think they're, they're because of the TV market they're in. They don't get a lot of exposure. So as long as it comes playoff time and they can work Seattle and they can get into the dance. Then they got a shot, but but you know I mean they got to win the games they're supposed to win because even winning ten games don't get you to the playoffs if you don't win the team beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Obviously they lost some games where they shouldn't have lost them, like to a St. Louis. You don't got to, if you want to if you want to win a division, don't slide on St. Louis. You can't get beat by St. Louis not one time. If you want to win the division, you can't get beat by St. Louis unless St. Louis is beating everybody else once. So, somebody to win a division, you got to beat the top two teams in the division, home and away, both times. <laughs> so, who's on the bottom of that division? You know, I mean, right. Seattle, Seattle is on the top, and then you got then you got then you got Arizona. And then you got St. Louis, and who's the last team? Good, San grief. Francisco. San Francisco. So we don't have to worry there about you those go. guys. So yeah, much. yeah. So San Francisco, you you definitely gonna beat them both times. I mean, they they got they got uh, uh, they got uh, what's the what's the private high school out there in the Bay Area? <laughs> I'm just making fun of them. <laughs> they got a high school. They out there. They might as well go and play uh, De La Salle. That's who they need to play this weekend, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think what makes the NFC so tough. I think what what we're finding out at, after they just started out on fire with with Green Bay. I think you find out how important Jordy Nelson is to Aaron Rodgers and is to that offense, and that Randall Cobb isn't the guy. Devontae Adams isn't the guy. That offense runs through Jordy Nelson. 
maybe they can get the run game going with Lacey like they did last season. I don't, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is a special, special talent. But I think without Jordy Nelson, that team came back to the pack big time and it got forgotten because they started off so hot. No, but people are bombing Green Bay. Their defense is just <laughs> getting it. I mean, they, how many points they get hung up on them last week? That's that's what's happening. Man. That's what's happening. I mean, when your defense starts giving up points, you become one-dimensional. I mean, I, I, Eddie, we love you, man, but we down by twelve already. Yeah, you're you're you right there. I mean? But you know, one point. You know, they have not scored as many points as Carolina has this year, and. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, and, and it's you know it, it's it's kind of a, a, the offense seems to be down and the defense down, and yet they're sitting at six and one, and I think it could be a product of uh, you know playing Detroit and Chicago a couple of times and so forth as well. You know, I think the schedule is going to get tougher for Green Bay, and I'm, I'm with you. It's it's hard really to pick the team out of the NFC right now. I'm leaning towards Arizona, and and. Because you know, Carson Palmer playing lights out. I love Larry Fitzgerald, and I, I just think that defense, you know, is capable of trucking people themselves. I don't. If Arizona's got to go play Carolina in the playoffs, then I don't think they can beat them in Carolina. But if Carolina's got to go to Arizona, uh, I think Arizona got a shot. You know. Yeah, no doubt. Whoever plays at home wins that game. I think. All right. Well, Patrick, we, we are over time here. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, sorry about all the, the hassle getting getting connected here. Uh, hey, you... man, I, I'd like to do it again, man. I, uh, let's make it so it's not a year again. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I, <laughs> that was the last time I was on the show was with you guys. All right. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're going to take you up on that. Maybe we'll give it a couple weeks here and we'll do it again. Maybe we'll talk uh, – Talk a little more individual players, a little more statistics. Uh, take it uh, back down the fantasy road a little bit. No, exactly. I've been actually, I'm actually doing pretty well. I'm second in the division in my fantasy pool. So, I'm doing okay. All right, you got to beat that team ahead of you twice then. Don't forget that. No, I know. I plan <laughs> on it. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, we really appreciate it, man. We'll, go, uh, we'll touch base here in the next couple of weeks. You guys have a good evening. Thanks. Hey, thanks you a lot, too. Patrick. All right, guys. All right. Well, it was uh, it was a struggle all on our end, but we appreciate Patrick joining us. Uh, always great to hear him. D- just insight you're not going to get. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Somebody who's played the game. We think we know everything because we sit here with the microphone. You watch the national media. They think they know everything. Everything Patrick tells you is nothing you're going to hear anywhere yeah. else, and that's what's so great about having him on. Well, and one thing that you and I, you know, I mean, we're dummies, but we are smart enough to realize that we don't know. Right. But to get somebody on and start talking that's about right. things that do know. And then we shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just listen, and he so, makes it easy. Oh, the, the, the point with, with Tom Sula in San Francisco, I mean, that that's pure brilliance. Yeah. And just uh, just an insight into things you don't see. So we are definitely going to take him up on that and, and get him back here in the next couple of weeks. Talk a little fantasy football, which we didn't get to a lot of in this show. So, hey, 1 o'clock Eastern fantasysportsnetwork.com check it out over there we on saturday we will uh i'll tell you what we didn't get to our balls and socks rick let's do it on that show so if you want to hear the game balls and game socks where we get a little rowdy and have a little fun check that out fantasysportsnetwork.com saturday one o'clock eastern yeah so don't miss that and um you know the fantasy sports network is uh really gaining ground and i tell you what 
we just got another little notice from them. You know, we're being part of the Fantasy Sports Network. They are now available on, I hope I say it right, Gecko Cable in Canada. And, um, you know, they just keep picking it up. Fantasy football must be spreading big time Absolutely. in Canada, and which is great. They are, um, you know, they're they're leaving a footprint in Ontario, and I think this Congeco, I believe, is in Quebec now. All so right. now we're in what Sas Sastel out in Saskatchewan. We're in Manitoba, all over Canada. Yeah, we are huge great. in Canada, Rick, and plenty of outlets along uh, the East Coast specifically. So check out your local cable provider. Let them know you want the Fantasy Sports Network. But you can hear our balls and socks there Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern. If you don't have it, fantasysportsnetwork.com. And, of course, Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on asylumfantasysports.com, Blog Talk Radio. The inside slant with your boys and Scott Fish. Yes, we answer did. all your questions. Hit the mailbag, Twitter. You can call in. You can tweet. You name it. There's a chat room. Everything you got, we will answer your lineup questions. You will get brilliant nuggets like me telling you last week. Being relegated to number two was going to make C.J. Anderson a big, big player this week in uh, week eight. And by God, I got one right, Rick. So I'm going to pound my fist and hey, celebrate that. You better that. believe it. And, uh, you know, coming yet from your constituent over here, just because they're playing the Jets, you don't bench Derek Carr. Yeah, you the were The guy's all a real it. deal, man. You were all over it. So that's it till Saturday, Sunday, or this time next Wednesday. We'll see you. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.